Welcome to another episode of WDMA Open and Close. I'm Mike O'Brien, CEO of the Window and Door Manufacturers Association. Coming up on the podcast, I'll have a conversation with Brad Farnsworth of the Farnsworth Group about the newly released 2019 WDMA market study findings. Brad is also our first return guest on the podcast, and we're excited to hear about the new study. A little later, I'll have a conversation with Jay Schroeder of Franklin Adhesives and Polymers about the latest trends in adhesives and their use in the industry. As a reminder, you can subscribe to WDMA Open and Close through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also listen to us online through the WDMA website at wdma.com slash WDMA Open and Close. We'll be right back. Produced annually by WDMA, the association's highly anticipated 2019 market studies on windows, patio doors, entry doors, and architectural doors were just completed. The studies provide the data and insights needed to understand the industry's performance, key trends, and future direction. They're based on extensive industry input for product shipments in 2018, and once again, they were prepared, researched, and analyzed by the Farnsworth Group a research consulting firm which focuses on serving the information needs of companies in the home improvement, residential building, and con commercial construction industries. Joining me on the podcast now to discuss the studies is Brad Farnsworth, president of the Farnsworth Group. Brad, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. Uh, certainly our pleasure to be here again. You have the honor of being our first repeat guest. We're very excited to have you back. Hopefully we can continue this for a few more years. That'd be great. <laughs> so before we get into the substance of the market study, could you explain to the listeners the background on the U.S. market study and the type of information it provides? Certainly, Mike. Uh, the study which we produce on uh, WDMA's behalf and its members provides a market size estimate in units for a variety of product categories uh, that your association serves. These numbers are provided again in units, both at the US total and regional levels. Further, for some of the product categories, there's even greater detail, uh, breaking down the units uh, shipped by such things as material type, so on and so forth. So again, a fairly comprehensive study at both the national and regional level. Obviously, when working with surveys, there's always a concern that the data collected doesn't capture the entire market. So without giving away any trade secrets, could you explain how the Farnsworth Group uses the aggregate data collected and analyzes this, this information to produce the study? Certainly, Mike. Uh, first off, we want to thank all the members that do provide information. It is very useful. We start with uh, the information that members provide us on a confidential basis. So certainly no one ever sees individual firms' uh, information. We combine that uh, with external industry information on the general uh, shape, size, structure of our market. And this year in particular, we uh, added a component to the research that allowed us to, uh, through channel research, understand better the potential share that the participating companies you know, equal in the marketplace, which allows us then to calibrate the member data provided up to a uh, national figure. So I know there were some improvements made this year to enhance the study. We added channel research 
using a telephone methodology to collect information from various channel segments about the shares of the various brands of which they are selling. This again was a major addition because it uh, added an external data point for, to the member information that again allowed us to uh, estimate more accurately uh, what the total market size is because we could calibrate using that external information. The 2019 report focuses on five major product categories, residential windows, residential sliding and hinge patio doors, residential entry doors, commercial, architectural doors, and commercial shop built windows. What are some of the key takeaways provided in the report on these products and why would manufacturers and investors find this information important? So let's start with windows and patio doors. Yes, yeah, certainly uh, the purpose behind the study in general is to provide um, the WDMA members uh, and the industry uh, some benchmark numbers as to the growth from previous years as well as a couple years forecast to allow them to compare their performance to the market in general. So that should be very valuable to both manufacturers and investors to understand how their firms are performing against an industry-based uh, number. Specifically, Windows uh, was a fairly strong category. In fact, in 2019, most of the categories were uh, fairly strong. Uh, Windows uh, grew in 2019 at a unit rate of 3.8%. That rate is forecasted to slow down in 2020, 2021, uh, perhaps down to two, two and a half percent uh, based on at least current overall industry market forecasts for the residential and commercial markets. Is, is that why, you know, you, you often hear the word softening being tossed around? Is that what, how you would characterize it? Yeah, I think that would be a, a good way to describe it, Mike. Um, if we look at general overall market, uh, there is at least some consensus to date that we will certainly be coming down a little bit from the new residential housing start existing uh, home sales numbers uh, as well as the remodeling market somewhat. However, I would add that uh, we've been kind of looking for that downturn now for the last uh, 12, 18 months and it continues to seem to be able to be a little stronger than a lot of us are projecting. So again, these numbers would be conservative, I believe, because the duration of this uh, expansion of the housing market and the remodeling sector seems to be stronger, uh, longer running than some of us might have expected. So is that slower growth for windows similar, you know, with patio doors? Yeah, if you look at really all of our categories, but certainly um, patio doors, uh, sliding patio doors have actually been a little stronger and may continue so over the next few years than hinged. Uh, both of them though, we would anticipate somewhere around maybe a 1% slower growth. Again, that would put it in the two and a half to 3% range um, for these product categories in 19 as well as 20 and 21. And how about residential entry doors? Uh, entry doors, again, is one of the, uh, I guess we'd probably call more stable uh, of the categories that we study. 2019, we saw our, our estimating a growth of about 3.6%. And again, I would stress this is on a unit basis. So again, there may 
be a larger growth number on a dollar basis once you take in price increases, et cetera. But again, on a unit basis, about a 3.6% growth. That will remain pretty close to the 3% range uh, for entry doors over the next couple of years uh, based on our numbers. So let's take a look at a couple of non-res products. How about commercial architectural doors? The commercial side uh, actually, uh, although it accelerated faster out of the downturn, seems to have plateaued and maybe a little more on the um, slower growth side than the other residential categories. Again, uh, both of those categories would probably be more in the 25 to 3% range for 2019, slowing perhaps again half a point to a point to two, two and a half percent over the next couple of years. Again, I'd stress that is on a unit basis. And is that true for architectural doors in particular? Uh, I think just kind of in general, yes. Uh, architectural doors, uh, commercial shop built windows, et cetera. Besides providing a detailed look at the fenestration products produced and shipped in the U.S., the report also provides residential and non-residential construction information. Why is that? What is the overall outlook for these markets going forward? Again, the primary purpose of including the broader, uh, higher level numbers in the report is to allow your members, the industry, et cetera, to have a number to compare the window and door market specifically too. So again, we believe that is a useful tool to kind of get a broader view of how these product categories fit into the broader scope of things. Uh, Looking in general at the outlook for residential, right now, again, uh, most people are still forecasting a fairly solid market. Uh, Perhaps total housing starts in the 1.2 to 1.3 range over the next couple of years. That's been the toughest number for a lot of economists to pin down over the last couple of years. When is that stabilization going to be taking place? But again, it at least would be a fairly stable market, maybe slightly increasing again as reflected in the specific numbers for our categories. Uh, Non-residential construction uh, actually took a little bit of a slowdown already over the past 18 months. Uh, Some economists are beginning to believe that that will return to kind of more stable patterns, uh, good growth, not great growth, uh, stable. Uh, those are the kind of words that I think we're using to look at the certainly the 2020-2021. Uh, we might suggest that there probably will be a slowdown. Uh, if there is a slowdown, we believe it will be somewhat shallow and fairly short in duration. <clears throat> so those would be kind of our outlook. Um, shallow slowdown, short-term, but nothing really to be too concerned about as we move forward. So why do you think short-term? Some of the underlying dynamics that uh, we as a firm look at that we believe drives uh, certainly the residential market are still very strong. Those would be such things as household formation, home ownership rates, labor participation rates, Uh, household income, all of those, um, we believe, even if they downturn a little, uh, are positioned for growth. Again, as an example, household formation, by definition, appears to be in the 1.3 to 1.4 million range over the next, let's say, three to five years. That would imply that we do need to be building somewhere in that 1.3 million range of homes, whether it be single family or multifamily. So, 
Uh, the underlying dynamics for the residential market, at least as we look at our numbers, seems uh, fairly stable, uh, and therefore we cannot envision a significant downturn or a long-lasting one. The non-residential market uh, is certainly a little different because some pockets of that uh, are growing fairly well. Others have slowed dramatically. A lot of that is contingent upon public spending, et cetera. Uh, so again, non-residential, we're probably a little stronger in estimating a slowdown there a little bit, perhaps a little longer, subject to public policies. Well, picking up on that, so what do you think are the drags on growth? I, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talk about shortage of skilled labor, availability of land, I mean, uh, uncertainty in Washington. I, what do you think are the the biggest red flags? Mike, I think you've hit on uh, several. <laughs> I'm, right I'm there. so I, good. <laughs> that is good. Um, certainly from the uh, construction side, uh, labor is indeed an issue. Uh, I think builders perhaps would be building more homes, but there is a shortage of some of the trade groups, uh, such as framing carpenters, finished carpenters, roofing, etc. So that has certainly been a potential drag uh, over time on the rebound uh, of the housing market. A um, couple other things, certainly the trade tariffs uh, that are in place right now, although may not be affecting it too dramatically in the short term, subject to how long and how deep those uh, tariffs become, certainly would be an unknown at this point in time and obviously could have an effect on the market overall as well as the economy overall. Uh, so that would certainly be an issue. Uh, I believe in our travels and visiting a lot of manufacturing, uh, distribution, and retail firms around the country, uh, there is also some uneasiness uh, about um, the fragmentation that's going on in Washington, as well as the potential 2020 election results. Um, so some executives are kind of perhaps going to put themselves on a little bit of pause, um, almost artificially sometimes, just until they get more certainty uh, into what's going to be happening uh, from a planning perspective. Yeah, but I don't know whether you can ever really get rid of the uncertainty. I think it's always going to be there, but, you know, we'll see. I, it's going to be an interesting next year and a half for sure. That, that might be an understatement, Mike, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be, as analysts, it's going to be fun to uh, watch and see how this all plays out. Again, I think uh, regardless of your political orientation, certainly the last handful of years have certainly had a more pro-business orientation to it. And again, one of the concerns would be, will that stay strong or will there be a, a swing back a little to the other way uh, in terms of more uh, business constraints, et cetera? Uh, like you, that's an uncertainty that all of us, I think, uh, are having trouble building into any kind of forecast. So uh, that would be a caveat, certainly, uh, as with any other major uh, geopolitical event, uh, that could happen in the world as well. But assuming um, somewhat stable, uh, we still anticipate um, that it's going to be a good market. Again, maybe a little slower, uh, but I don't think anything that would be dramatic. Again, if we looked at um, you know, our industry 10 years ago, we would have been talking about 
three and a half, three percent growth rates, we would have all been fairly ecstatic. Uh, it's just been a very good rebound out of the downturn. Um, again, I think we'll continue to be positive growth. Uh, it'll be a question of the, the rate of that growth in the future. Well, Brad, thank you so much for being our first repeat guest and for once again producing the WDMA Market Study. We, we appreciate the opportunity, Mark, to uh, our Mike, to work with you uh, on these activities as we move forward. As a reminder, WDMA members receive the market study as a member service free of charge. If you are not a member and would like to purchase the study, you can do so through the WDMA website's bookstore at WDMA.com. The study is also available by market segment as well if you do not want to purchase the entire market study. Thanks again to Brad Farnsworth, and we'll be right back. The place to be every fall is the WDMA Executive Management Conference. It's the only industry conference where senior management teams from the window, door, and skylight industries leading companies gather to understand and address the challenges facing the industry. Taking place this year on September 25th to the 26th in Cambridge, Massachusetts, this conference comes just in time for 2020 strategic planning, offering topics and trends which will shape the industry over the coming year. And it's the only industry event to feature a CEO roundtable. For more program and registration information, visit WDMA.com. Franklin Adhesives and Polymers, a division of Franklin International, manufactures adhesives for the domestic and global wood millwork, furniture, engineered lamination, and filter fabrication markets. It also produces pressure-sensitive adhesives for tapes and labels used on consumer packaged goods, office products, and more. The division supplies product and local service in more than 60 countries on six continents across the globe. Franklin has led the way in the innovation of adhesives for wood and wood products and offers an adhesive solution for most applications in the wood product manufacturing plant. They also remain committed to pioneering environmentally safe products that also maintain high performance characteristics. With me today to discuss some of the trends in adhesives and polymers is Jay Schroeder, Franklin's Vice President of Market Development. Jay, welcome to the podcast. We like to start these interviews off with some background on the company. Tell us a little bit about Franklin. Your summary was great. You did a nice job on that. But um, I'd like to add that Franklin is a third generation family owned manufacturer located in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we were founded in 1935 and we employ about 500 people. And we're one of the few adhesive manufacturers actually that makes our own polymers, which is a base for a lot of adhesives. And having that ability to custom make some of our own glues has really helped us in the millwork and door industry. Franklin wants to be known as the most trusted adhesive company in the world. And that statement really attracted me to the company. Some of our base technologies that we have primarily is water-based PVA glues. Uh, we have polyurethane reactive hot melts. We use emulsion polymer isocyanate technology. We have solvent-based SBRs, vinyl acrylics, MS polymers, and more. How about your background? How long have you been with the company and how did you come to work for Franklin? I actually grew up in Minnesota and I took uh, my master's degree at University of St. Thomas right in St. Paul. From that 
that uh, educational background, I took my first job in a big box retail store as a buyer, purchasing agent. And after a couple of years at that uh, position, I took a, a national sales management job at Stanley Tools out in Rhode Island. And it was really at, at that job that I traveled the whole country and really got to understand manufacturing, manufacturing needs and what was happening in the industry. Being a public company that Stanley, you know, Stanley was back in the 90s, they had a lot of restructuring and a lot of uh, changes going on. And uh, at that point, I decided to follow a, a co-worker to Franklin International in Columbus, Ohio. I did not actually start in Columbus, Ohio, though I started in Minnesota as a sales rep. And that's really where I got intimate knowledge with uh, the big window companies in this market. Basically, I moved back to Columbus after a couple of years in Minnesota and became a national account manager for Franklin. And 20 years later, that's involved into a vice president. Did you work in multiple industries? I cover all the wood market, which includes windows, doors, furniture. Uh, it's even structural uh, markets as well. But uh, clearly, my most uh, favorite market is windows and doors. <laughs> and we didn't pay you to say that. Yeah, we didn't have to pay me, no. You've been in the industry for a number of years. What are the big changes you've seen transpire over the last decade or so? There's been a lot of changes, I think, as you well know. But if I had to pick, probably the, the biggest change I've seen is enforcement of performance standards. Um, when I joined the WDMA, we started to create the Hallmark Quality Program. And as that became adopted and became more of a, an accepted program, a lot of suppliers, especially adhesive suppliers, um, really had to prove their performance of their glues. It was actually accountable at this point. Um, if they didn't show accountability with the performance of their claims on their, on their products, they were out. And uh, that enforcement changed the whole scope of, of who was winning the market share battle. And, and it really came for Franklin at an excellent time. Uh, because we can make our own polymers and because we were really involved with the WDMA and we had previous experience or other positions, we were able to create kind of these custom polymers and test them against Hallmark. And uh, really, that was the beginning of our entrance into this market, and we did really, really a good job. Great. I had two more, I think, uh, changes that I've really seen. The other was the enforcement of environmental regulations. When I first started, nobody heard of California, nobody heard of CARB, or you know, not, you know, the regulations out of California. Uh, we, we talked a lot about VOCs, but, but really the enforcement of, of regulatory type issues became, became big in the last 10 years as well. And then um, maybe the third trend I saw was a growth of non-wood substrates. When we first started, it was wood to wood, wood to wood, a lot of different you know, wood type combinations. And now you're finding wood to all types of different substrates, sometimes non-wood at all. So that's been the third big change. How about going forward? What trends in the window and door industry are you seeing that will be driving your company over the next several years? I think regulatory is going to be big still. I mean, it's, it's, it's big now, but I think you're going to see a lot more requests to have disclosure of chemistries, um, more testing for emissions of all types of uh, chemistry from or, or chemicals from formaldehyde to acetaldehydes, anything else that might come off the products. I think you're going to see um, 
and we have seen requests for faster process speeds, you know, adhesives that set up faster, and that's going to be driving new technologies and probably even new processes. I think you're going to see more wood to non-wood bonding, and I think you're going to see more outsourcing of the difficult products to glue. What trends or innovations in adhesives and polymers that are most exciting to you? Most exciting to me? Um, I would say the faster process speeds. Regulatory and and those type of things can, you know, they're, they're interesting, but they're not exciting. But what's exciting to me is looking at the acceptance of faster process speeds. Well, once people, especially our end users, recognize the value of faster process are willing to pay a little bit higher price for the adhesives. And once they are willing to pay a little higher price for the adhesive, it opens up new technologies. You don't always have to stick with water-based. You don't always have to stick with the current technologies. You can look for actually totally new chemistries or or new methodologies of of applying the adhesives, maybe two-part systems or, or using systems with higher solids. So when the customers drive that innovation, it can kind of take the adhesives up to the next level. Franklin's been a member of WDMA for many years, and you've personally dedicated many hours of your time to the association. Jay, what do you feel are the main benefits the company gets out of membership? Well, that's another really great question. Um, you know, I think the industry begins to know you as a, a person, and then they associate the individual with, with the company. So, with my experience around here, they'll see, they'll see my name. They'll say, oh, the Jay's coming, and they know immediately I'm, I'm with Franklin. So they associate the two after the time. I think the process of acceptance takes time. So when you're dealing with the big, the big window companies or the big door companies, I think um, you have to show some commitment to the industry. Right? You just can't come for a couple of years and leave and still have any credibility. Um, I think during the time spent, if you get involved in the committees, you start learning about the codes and the standards and the requirements of the applications. In the end, it's, it's, there's really no better way to get marketing research. And that's really what you want. You want to drive new product innovation. You want to know marketing research. You want to know what's coming, where the trends are. And um, really, you become an insider or a participant in the industry. And I think that's really been a, a good benefit for me. One last question. What's something about Jay Schroeder that would surprise people? Yeah, that's the hardest question in the day. <laughs> you know, um, I, I've always been pretty much an open book. I think that's why, you know, I've been a relatively successful salesman because I'm pretty much, you see what, you know, what, what you see is what you get. I think I have a lot of loyalty to my company. I have a lot of loyalty to this industry. You know, I'm not sure if that's surprising, but when you, when you hang into there 20 years, 25 years like I have, a lot of my customers end up becoming really close friends. And even though you're still professional, you need to sell them, it's a different type of sale when you're participating with them for 20 years on projects and everything else. And I think what is surprising is just how loyal I actually am. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, Jay. We really appreciate it. And that does it for another episode of WDMA Open and Close. If you are listening to us through your favorite podcast platform, do us a favor and don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Thanks for listening and goodbye until the next episode of WDMA Open and Close.